The Red Sox unfortunately could not win their fifth series in a row after they dropped their finale against the Orioles on Monday by a score of 10 to nothing. Welcome to the Lockdown Red Sox podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every day. I am your host, Nessens Lauren Campbell. Jake Ignazuski, Massachusetts Pirates team insider, will be back with us tomorrow for tomorrow's episode when we wrap up the first game against the Reds. But let's talk this Orioles series because the Red Sox ended up losing the series, lost 10 to nothing. The bats went silent. Rich Hill just did not have it on Monday on the mound for Boston. And we're going to talk again about this bullpen because it is a recurring issue for the Red Sox. Let's get to it. You are locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So that 10-0 loss on Monday night was the Red Sox' worst loss in a shutout since April 23rd, 2013 against the Oakland Athletics. We all know what happened in that 2013 season, what happened at the end. They obviously won the World Series. We're not going to jump ahead and kind of come to that kind of conclusion right now, but just something to keep in the back of your mind. But the series loss continued the Red Sox streak of not being able to win series against AL East opponents. They have yet to win a series against the Rays, the Yankees, the, the Orioles, and, and the Blue Jays. And it's definitely a little bit concerning, I would say, because you need to win not just games against your AL East opponents, but you need to win these series. Yes, the Red Sox are climbing out of a hole that they dug themselves very deep into to try to get back into the AL East race with the expanded postseason. They'll probably get in, but right now you're looking at an, an ugly loss to the Orioles. You can't really put it on just pitching and just offense. The offense obviously couldn't do anything. They didn't get any runs. They only put up four hits, and then the pitching just wasn't all that good either. So Rich Hill was on the mound. He went four innings, gave up seven hits, six earned runs, two walks, and five strikeouts. And Alex Cora did not believe he was tipping his pitches. It, maybe that came up pretty quick because the Orioles were just all over Rich Hill. They were taking advantage of him and putting up six earned runs on him. You obviously are doing something right and seven hits. But Alex Cora, no, no, Rich Hill was not tipping his pitches. He thought it was more about command, particularly his fastball. And Rich Hill spent a lot of time in the middle of the plate on Monday night. He hung a lot of curveballs. He just did not have it. And he looked good after coming off the COVID list. He had COVID and had to deal with that. He looked pretty good the start after. He looked good before going on the COVID list. So certainly not fun to watch him kind of struggle and not have what he had a start or two ago even. But maybe that comes with age. Maybe that just comes with not having your best stuff one night. It it happens. But the offense also was not good. Trevor Story was the only member of the Red Sox to get on base two times. One was via a walk. So love to see the plate patience 100%. But you're obviously not going to win when you don't put men on base, when you can't hit with men on base. We have been through this conversation a hundred million times, I feel like. And the Orioles are a team. The Red Sox 100% should be beating 99% of the time. And it's just not happening. 
However, we saw glimpses of the offense do really well. We saw glimpses of the pitching do really well over the weekend. It just did not happen on Monday. Nothing happened on Monday. And it was so bad to the point where the game was out of reach, where Alex Cora removed Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts from the game. 100% nothing to be concerned about. Alex Cora said that, that they'll do this so that they're ready for the next series. You don't want to risk any injury. N neither of them are hurt. They're going to be ready today, tonight against the Cincinnati Reds. So 100%, nothing to worry about. All good on that front, which I guess is some good news. But overall, a very uninspiring loss from the Red Sox on Monday. Not what you want to see when you're going into a game against the Cincinnati Reds, who also are not a very good team this season. They were like had three or five wins in the beginning of May, and they've had a small turnaround, but they're still not a good team. And this is a quick two-game series that the Red Sox should realistically, on paper, they should win this series. Now, will they win this series? That's a whole nother question, a whole nother story, a whole nother Locked on Red Sox episode. But overall, it's disappointing because I was really hoping the Red Sox would win this series against the Orioles. I was hoping the Red Sox could maybe get something going. The Orioles are a good team to get something going against. And the Red Sox maybe looked like they were going to do that. You saw them put up 16 runs. You saw the offense just really start to click. We had a home run party on Sunday that was so much fun to watch. And just complete opposite Monday. The bats were so silent. The pitching, just like I said, was not good, was not up to par. And we're going to continue talking about the pitching and in particular this bullpen because of course we are. We'll get into Matt Barnes. We'll get into a, a, a column from the Boston Globe's Alex Spear about the bullpen that made some really good points about what could happen with this bullpen. Who is reliable out of that? We'll get into that in the second segment of Locked on Red Sox. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online because our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, which the Boston Celtics will take on the Golden State Warriors, the final we've been wanting for years, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen. And now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So we knew going into this season that the Red Sox bullpen was going to be an area of concern. Chaim Bloom did not bring in substantial help. He brought back Hansel Robles and Matt Strom was also in there. Matt Strom has been reliable. We'll get into him in just a minute. But you look at this bullpen. There's not many people, if anyone, you can trust out of that bullpen. Maybe Tanner Houck the last few ever since he changed his grip on one of his pitches. He's been pretty good out of the bullpen. You want to continue to see that consistency. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket on him just yet. But part of the bullpen's issue has been Matt Barnes. And we've talked about Matt Barnes. He has not been the same since the first half of the 2021 season when he was really, really good. And he just hasn't been able to find his stuff and figure out what like what the stuff he had last year. It just it has not been something he's been able to pick back up. 
And we saw him struggle once again on Monday. He had two base hit. He gave up two base hits, gave up a three run home run to Anthony Santander, gave up exit velocities of 104.6, 99.9, 97.6, 96.7, and 95.9 miles per hour in his one inning of work. Those were provided by StatCast. He is such an interesting figure here because it's very unclear what happened. I don't think he's, I certainly don't think he's as bad as what he has shown lately. I don't think he was as dominant as 2021. I think there is a happy medium. I feel like there there has to be a happy medium. He's not this bad. It's just a matter of regrouping and trying to find that stuff. We are approaching June. We're almost in June. This has been going on since the second half of last season. How much time do we give Matt Barnes to figure his stuff out? I don't want to give up on him. He's got the extension. I'm not going to give up on him. But you're using him in situations where the game's kind of out of reach. There are low leverage situations. They don't trust him in those higher leverage situations. But who do you trust? You, oh, maybe Matt Strom, right? Matt Strom's on the COVID IL now. And it's unclear if he tested positive for COVID or if he has symptoms. Hopefully we will learn more when Alex Cora speaks today before the game against the Reds. But he's been reliable. He's been somebody who you trust out of that bullpen, which probably at the beginning of the season, you were like, who is Matt Strom? Why, why are we trusting him in higher leverage situations when the game is on the line? Well, he's kind of proven that he can be trusted, but now he's on the COVID IL. But I read a great article last night from the Boston Globe's Alex Spear, and he was talking about the bullpen. And I love, love the way he started this article because it says, Pop quiz, if the Red Sox have a narrow lead in the eighth inning, who are Alex Cora's go-to relief options for the last six outs? And you sit there and it kind of makes you think like, who the hell knows? I have no clue. Matt Strom probably, but like I mentioned, he is on the COVID IL at the moment. You have Hanzo Robles who's on the injured list at the moment with back spasms and back tightness. So who you look in these situations, Matt Barnes, like I said, you're using him in lower leverage things. Ryan Brazier, you put him in Worcester and then recall him because of Robles' injury. Philippe Valdez, you can go down the list. Who are these people that you can trust? It's very hard to trust someone out of that bullpen with the game on the line to get those six outs. And my co-host Jake had a question, or maybe more of a suggestion, I should say, that Rich Hill should go to the bullpen. And Tanner Houck goes back to the rotation. I don't know how I feel about Tanner Houck in particular going back to the rotation because I feel he's found a good groove out of the bullpen and I don't really want to mess with that right now. You've also heard me be the person to say, don't flip-flop these pitchers from starter to reliever and back and forth, vice versa. But maybe Rich Hill should go to the bullpen. Maybe he can give you an inning or two, maybe three of solid work. I don't know. This bullpen continues to be the Achilles heel of this Red Sox team. And I feel like it's going to be up until the trade deadline. And I feel like if the Red Sox don't do anything at the trade deadline in the relief pitcher department, all hell may break loose with Red Sox fans. And we've seen games several times this season already. There's how many blown saves do the Red Sox have and on May 31st? Too many, way too many. And a lot of that has to do with not having a set closer, not having someone who can come into the eighth inning. You don't have a setup guy. You don't have someone reliable, someone you can trust. Does that mean Tanner Houck should go back to the rotation and put Rich Hill into the bullpen? I don't know. 
I don't love the idea of Tanner Houck going back to the rotation. You know I think Garrett Whitlock should be in the bullpen, but if they're going to commit to him as a starter, that's where he should be. Again, don't put these pitchers, flip-flopping them from bullpen to starter. I don't like that either. Just feel like there's it's a double-edged sword. Nobody is going to win, and it's just really tough for the Red Sox right now, especially in the, the bullpen department. And Dave Bush, he said, these are the pieces we have right now. I think every team would love to have a guy in the seventh inning, a guy in the eighth inning, a guy in the ninth inning that you can rely on every time. But it takes certain personnel to do that, and most teams don't have that. Short of that, we're just trying to get the pieces in the right spots. Let guys kind of filter this, filter themselves out and pitch where they can perform the best. So I don't know if that was a subtle shot at High and Bloom saying like it's personnel's decision. And Dave Bush is a very smart man when it comes to his pitchers. And I feel like the Red Sox could have the seventh inning guy, the eighth inning guy, the ninth inning guy. If, if anything, at the very, very least, they need a ninth inning guy. They need a closer. Does that become Chris Sale when he returns from the IL from his stress fracture in his rib? Hope maybe. I don't know. We, we'll have to wait and see what the plan is for him. Will Chris Sale, I would assume, would want to go back to starting. Do you just kind of wait out Rich Hill until Chris Sale comes back and then put Rich Hill in the bullpen and Sale just goes back into the rotation? There's a lot of moving pieces here with the pitchers. Are they the right pieces? I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I think that the bullpen needs to be vastly improved. And with the trade deadline now, we're going to start talking about the trade deadline a lot more. Maybe this is the time now for the Red Sox to kind of sit down, evaluate who they have and what they have in that bullpen and figure out defined roles for these pitchers. And I know part of that is trial and error, but first things first, get a closer. You 100% need a closer. And then you can maybe put around these the pieces around that closer. Fill the pieces, build around your closer is what I'm trying to say. Uh, this bullpen has been an issue for a long time. No, they were not the issue, the main issue in Monday's loss, but they've been an issue all season. And they're going to continue to be an issue if it does not get worked out. I ranted way too much about that bullpen. So we're going to jump into our third segment of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. As always, we're going to do the Mental Health Minute and get this week started or continue this good week. It is Tuesday. Let's keep the good vibes rolling. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Sox podcast. As always, we're going to end this show on the Mental Health Minute. I hope everyone enjoyed their long weekend. If they had one, I am still off from work. I had Monday and Tuesday off, and I will return to work on Wednesday. And it was just a very low-key weekend, a low-key couple of days off. My fiance and I got a lot of smaller things done for our wedding, like the wedding insurance, wedding permits, and kind of everything you maybe forget about in the early stages of planning. But it was, it was a lot of fun to just kind of explore wedding insurance and explore how we get these permits. It, it's a pain in the butt, I'm not going to lie. But it was fun to just kind of actually sit down and do something together. We looked at cake toppers. We ordered my fiance's wedding band. So it was a lot of fun just to kind of, like I said, do the smaller things in wedding planning. I've had a lot of fun and a lot of non-stress planning this wedding. We've worked really well together as a team. And it's I hear so much about, oh, wedding planning so stressful. It's been fun. If you want me to plan your wedding or you need help, hit me up. I'm having a lot of fun. It's been, knock on wood, a breeze. I know that we have 66 days, but who's counting? We have 66 days left until the big day. So I know that there's still a lot to get done. 
but being able to do things kind of at our pace and kind of at a good at a good pace as well has really helped make this process not stressful in the least bit. So if you are planning a wedding, I know that it can get stressful, but enjoy every moment of it because it's fun and they will be here before you know it. And you want to be able to enjoy it because you spend so long planning it that you just want to sit back and think this was all worth it. Thank you for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Locked On Red Sox right here on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast is where you can find us. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox. Me at La 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 Lauren. Three laws, Lauren of four R's. Jake at Jake Iggy. And be sure to check out the other Locked On shows. Locked On Reds, Locked On Orioles, Locked On Yankees, Locked On Astros. Everyone does a great job here at Locked On. And now that you've made Locked On Red Sox your first listen, head on over to Locked On MLB for you to make it your second listen. Friend of the pod, friend of mine, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective of major leaguers both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Have a great day. If you are suffering from allergies like I am, please try to stay away from the pollen. It is intense here in Boston today. Have a great day. We will see you Wednesday to hopefully recap a successful Red Sox win over the Cincinnati Reds. Let's go Red Sox.